What is up, Ridge Runner Nation? It's Cam back recording uh, the podcast intro for episode 85 of Ridge Runners Live. This one was with Krista Miller Simmons and Christopher Simmons. Uh, affectionately known as West Virginia's ultra running power couple. Um, we so loved hearing about their races at the first year of the cabin fever 50 K down in the new river gorge and, uh, hearing just generally about what they're up to in the Huntington running scene. And I am just so stoked that we got to have them on. It was a really great episode and I hope you enjoy it. All right. Love you. Bye. Yo, what is crack-a-lackin' Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. Tonight, we are joined by two incredible West Virginia runners who both ran in the inaugural Cabin Fever 50K a few weeks back. They are both super connected with the trail running community, and we're excited to learn all about, you know, Cabin Fever, as well as, you know, their love for the sport. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Christopher Simmons and Krista Miller Simmons. How are you both doing? We're good. Doing great. Excited to be here. We're super excited to have you on. For those of you that don't know, my name is Wesley Harton, and holding down the fort with me tonight is the sixth man of the nation high school's football superstar, Cam Wrench. What's up, dude? I eventually I'm gonna have to put a moratorium on on those jokes, but uh, tonight's not the night. Um, uh, yeah, I am doing. Really, really great. I uh, definitely didn't lose track of what time the show would be starting here in a mountain time and did not have to be woken up from a nap by Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> well, that did happen, but uh, we're, we're all good and we're all here. And let's just start things off with normally how we start the show. And that's with what is everyone drinking tonight? And if our two guests want to start things off tonight. I've got an athletic brewing freeway hazy IPA. I got water, but I have it in my... Cabin Fever 50K Cup. Ooh, show that off. There we go. Love it. It's beautiful. That's awesome. Cam, what about you? Uh, So I have got a Lewis and Clark Brewing Backcountry Scottish Ale here. What about you, Wes? Fancy. I literally had to look a second ago. It is the Moose Drool Brown Ale Big Sky IPA tonight. So pumped to dive into that. But uh, as always, you know, you can find the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're on Strava, join our Strava club. It's filled with so many incredible runners from all across the nation. And of course, Ridge Runner Nation. Uh, let's just start off by getting to know you guys and a little bit about your running background before we dive into cabin fever specifically. For those of the, for those of the Ridge Runner Nation that may not know you guys, um, what was the first time you guys decided to put on a tra- pair of trail shoes? And what was that experience like for you both? Oh, trail shoes. I don't know. You go first. I don't know. Yeah, I would say um, senior year of college, um, just started getting into running, trying to find a better, healthier lifestyle than what I'd been uh, accustomed to. And I started running in Huntington, just, you know, running around town. And as I started running more, I just wanted to expand to the trails. So I went to Robert's running shop. I got suited up in a pair of Brooks Cascadia. And uh, took to the trails and I fell in love and kind of try to spend the majority of the time there I can as far as running, but, you know, hit and miss nowadays. And I guess I'd always been running. I ran track in high school and then just kind of through college, just kept running. And it was probably grad school. I got talked into doing my first trail race and it was like, oh, I love it. I love being in the woods. It kind of put everything together. Yeah. So what did that look like? I mean, was it like, you know, you kind of happened in, in one race and you were just instantly hooked in the community or was it one of those situations where, you know, it took a while to kind of work up over distances and kind of work your way into the trail running community? I know for me, I started with shorter distances, but then I'd done like some road marathons and then just through group runs and some of my running friends kind of, Hey, you should, you should try 50 K see what that's like. And then you do that. And of course, then you want to just keep pushing the distance a bit more. <laughs> yeah. So same. we have a few great sub ultra trail races in the area that I hopped into and had some fun at and just kept escalating 25K. I did a road marathon then six weeks later did my first um, 50K. And then, you know, it just stayed at that ultra distance since then. And uh, so that's been for me, I've been running maybe ultras for maybe eight years now. So maybe at 24, I did my first and then uh, I've just stayed at that distance pretty much and and further since then. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome to hear. It's kind of always something I like to kind of touch on is, you know, everyone's how they found trail running is unique to everyone. I kind of think that's a unique story. Um, I do want to, you mentioned that you've done, you know, obviously Christopher, you know, you, we've been uh, running multiple races together at this point, And we're going to touch about some of those previous races, but let's go into cabin fever a little bit here. What was kind of the reasoning for signing up for this race? Um, obviously it being a first year race. I think a big thing for us was we just had our second son was born this past year. And so for me personally, it was the timing of it worked out really well that I was able to start training again and kind of get back into it. And we thought, okay, yeah, I should be able to, to do a 50 K by this time. And we love, we love that area. Yeah. We, in the, the close proximity, it feels like a destination race. It is a destination race. But it's close enough for us where we were able to have family come up. Uh, we got a cabin right at Ace uh, where the race finishes and where the pre-race meeting is kind of the, the center of where all the race activities take place. And um, we were able to get a cabin there. My parents came up and were able to watch the kids. And, of course, she's breastfeeding. So we have to bring the kid on the course and stop at Ace Station, let her feed the child. And then she continues and runs the uh, the rest of the race. But yeah, so the, the logistics of it for us both to be able to run it has to work out perfectly. Yeah. And this race absolutely did for us. Because so. a lot of times it's a one or the other. Yeah. It's rare that we both are able to run the same race. Yeah, that uh, that sounds really great. Well, you mentioned about it being, you know, well, it's it's a destination race that it's real close to home. It's also a destination race that doesn't cost like $2,500 to do. Um, but you know, that's, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, but anyways, um, I'm kind of curious, Krista, um, to hear a little bit more about, you know, what, um, your thought process was going into this, you know, how far out did you start planning, um, you know, like post-pregnancy, like, oh, I'm going to be back running ultras at this time. Or did you kind of take that a little bit more, you know, one step at a time? This pregnant, this baby one step at a time, my first um, like our oldest, um, I actually ran an ultra while I was, while I was pregnant with him. And so I just kind of kept going. Um, but I've ran through the entire pregnancy, but kind of was easing back into things, just taking my time going with what I was comfortable with, but still had that desire to get back out there and kind of ramp up the mileage again. Um, and then as far as training that, that gets a little complicated when you've got a newborn baby at home or even as they're getting mm -hmm. a little bit older because we'd have to, we obviously can't go do our training runs at the same time, have to coordinate all of that. We make it work though. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say it, it seems like you do, especially with the the results that y'all both had at this race. Um, you know, and it's just, I, I was really interested in that. Of course, that's not a thing that I'll ever have to worry about, but it's just when you mentioned, you know, oh, like 10 and a half months out, I was kind of thinking like, oh, were you like six months into the pregnancy and being like, that's the one, like put it on the calendar, <laughs> you know, but Should yeah. We, and then kind of, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So yeah, and even you, when she was pregnant, we're looking at races mm -hmm. further down the calendar, dreaming of, but I think I, I think, was even thinking rim to river while I was yeah, pregnant. But, I was like, okay, but, can we work think, that out? Could I be ready for rim to river? But there is a lot of a wait to see approach. You just got to see how your mm -hmm. body's feeling. It's like any, well, not like anything. This is unique, but you have to see, it, see how our body was feeling. And, you know, we jumped in, uh, we jumped in Canal Trace 25K. Yeah. And then that kind of, you know, got things accelerated quite a bit going into winter. And we were able to pull this cabin fever off, which was awesome. Yeah, that's a uh, that's really great to hear. And another, you know, um, Wesley and honestly everybody else now, it's honestly been pretty great. Um, loves to make fun of me for my uh, my illustrious past sports career. Um, but you know, another thing I I learned, um, you know, in like my intro to anthropology courses is that uh, breastfeeding is actually more like calorically uh, costly and more just challenging on the body in general than pregnancy. Did you know that going into this race and did you, did you plan around that? Did you know, you know, Hey, I've got to eat three more spring gels this first hour if I'm going to keep doing this or what, what is the, just the logistics of that? Cause we, we hear those stories and everybody's like, wow, that's a badass mom, but nobody ever thinks of that. Did you like throw a pump in a drop bag and you're just like, just going to figure this out? Um, actually I had a pump in my drop bag. I had a pump actually in my pack with me. And then we had, um, 
and Chris's parents were meeting us along the course. So I don't always think about the calories as much, but the hydration for me is a big thing. Cause I need to make sure that I'm getting the hydration that I need for the run, but so much of what I'm drinking is also going towards milk production. So that's kind of, I, I probably think about that a lot more than, okay, how many gels do I need? Cause that I'm always just, I can always eat. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that is good to know. Um, and we, we definitely hope that, yeah. Um, you know, more people think about that kind of stuff. Cause it's like, it's, it's really easy to reshare and be like, wow, that's so cool. And so badass, you know, and it's just like, there's, there's more logistics and this is way harder than you. Well, I mean, even me can even honestly think about it. So it really is a lot of planning. Cause we had to know, okay, well, how long is it going to take about how many miles and how long can I go without having to pump? How long can the baby go without needing to eat? Um, but we were able to able to work it all out. And I talked to um, reach out to the race director ahead of time because they had a, you know, um, no crew support. But I reached out to Bryant ahead of time and just said, hey, is it OK mm -hmm. if I hop in a car and and feed my baby along the way? And he, of course, was real supportive about that. too. Yeah, that's great. I, I can't imagine Bryant doing anything else. But, you know, um, yeah, that's we'd love race directors who say that. Um and then, yeah, Wesley, what do you, uh, what do you got for us? Yeah. I want to know now, take me, you're, you're at a speech, you know, you got the cabin there. Uh, take us into like what the atmosphere was like at packet pickup. You know, one of my favorite parts from room to river this past year was kind of the atmosphere all day, just before the race. Uh, did, was there a similar kind of atmosphere? What was kind of the vibes there, uh, during packet pickup this year? Yeah, I would say you definitely got that similar vibe to Rim to River. The Rim to River being a it's pretty much a Friday through Sunday event. Um, you get way more immersed into it, but the packet pickup, they have um, obviously the drinks and the food right there. They had a bunch of giveaways, and then they had the uh, pre-race meeting. So everyone was there and captive. Um, it was almost like a different, a little bit of a different scene than some of the West Virginia races we've typically went to pre-pandemic, I guess. Uh, but but it was great and. It, really the, the facilities there allow that atmosphere to happen. Definitely. Like you saw that rim to river, but it was great. And then it continued into Fayetteville starting in downtown Fayetteville was pretty great. And then at the end, everyone kind of gathered and hung around the finish for a while. And that was, uh, it was pretty special being able to take some time, talk to everyone, meet some new faces and um, watch everyone come across the finish line. Yeah, no, that's great to hear. And kind of, I guess, you know, this being an inaugural race, a point to point 50K run starting uh, in downtown Fayetteville, running two Ace Adventures uh, had to be a super special course. And so I kind of want to just dive into your individual races now at this point. We can kind of just like bounce back and forth between the two of you. Uh, Chris, if you want to start off by just kind of taking us through what the starting line kind of felt like, the atmosphere, and then what the early miles of the race were like. For me, I was just, I was really excited. It was, you know, I love Fayetteville. So being out there, um, it was nice and chilly. I love cold weather. So can't ever complain about that. Um, but yeah, I was just the start, just real excited. And then, um, we've spent some time running in, um, the city park there. So getting to hit the road section there and then hop into the park was, was nice. And I know he's kind of in a different part. I'm kind of middle of the pack he's up towards the front so it's probably a different experience up there but no it was similar it was good um, starting downtown Fayetteville you kind of you know the first start of the race I was waiting for to see who took off I knew I know Alex Miner he's from Huntington and so I knew he was going to kind of go after it um, but it seemed like you know for the first maybe 15 seconds there was a bit of hesitation and everyone th then they went off and, and took off and by the time I got to City Park Trails you, I couldn't see them uh, but no, it was really cool hitting those city park trails. I'm familiar with that. Um, I think we, if, if I'm saying it correctly, popped down across Wolf Creek and then had that arrow camp, uh, was it Arrow. Arrowhead, I'm sorry, Arrowhead aid station. And there's a great group of people there, got a lot of energy and uh, took off down through um, and had the beautiful views of the rim oh, and the ridge. That, that was one of the things that was special about this race. You could see kind of like you, you knew you were going from Fayetteville to these city park trails to the rim or, or the ridge, whatever you want to call it. And you're running across that. Then you drop down to the river. Then you had, you know, what six 
you know, beautiful miles it's when you're running right, right yeah, here in the gushing of the gorge or the gorge of the, the river. And uh, then you darted up into era, uh, I'm not saying that right, Ace Adventure. And that's when things got really gnarly as far as my legs getting murdered. But, <laughs> you know, but, but. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And obviously, you know, this race taking place in February kind of allows for, I'm guessing, more open views throughout throughout the course where the view is basically just yeah. epic the entire race. Epic oh, and open. definitely. Just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they were like never ending for that, for the stretch once you can, I guess, you know, pop back on the ridge for the first time. I mean, that had to be a, um, I don't know, five, six mile stretch at all blends together. But there's a significant amount of time you just had beautiful views in the gorge. And, and it didn't get, get any worse. You know, yeah. it, it didn't get any worse. Running along that river was some of the best running I've done in my life. I'll take that any day. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And kind of take us through, I guess, you know, um, you know, how, how are you feeling in these moments? Do you have any adversity in the early miles that you kind of, kind of face and you're like, oh man, maybe I'm in for a long day here, or is it kind of just smooth sailing through the early part of the race and kind of just waiting, um, for stuff to develop later on? For me, I was, I really wasn't sure what to expect because it was my first race in a while or my first longer distance in a while. So I really wasn't didn't have any expectations for myself. Um, I, I was feeling good. I don't know. There's, you know, nice course, great views, you know, the aid stations were, were great. And I think that kind of just kept me pumped up and feeling good. Yeah. So I, you know, I started taking off a little bit, maybe after the first couple of miles started kind of like, I want to get, you know, positioned up here a little bit. And then about mile five or six, I was settled into my own race and um, ran pretty contained until I got down to the river. When I got down the river, I knew I wanted to, you know, take advantage of some of that time. And by the time I got to mile 18, 19, my legs were needed a change of, you're just flat running that whole time. And I was, you know, trying to move as well as I could through that period. And I started to hit some low points in there. I got some food. I got some fuel at the uh, aid station at mile 19. And then you're heading straight up. Yeah. Yeah. But I saw one of my good friends, Jonathan Hathaway there, and that was a morale booster, just seeing a familiar face for the first time in a while. And we, we ran for a couple minutes together. And of course, at that point, you know, everyone's running different paces. So we split up and um, yeah, it was definitely rough, definitely rough through ACE adventure for me, but um, I moved relatively well, you know, it was just the roughest part of the race, but I'll take it relatively speaking, you know, yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'm kind of curious for both of you, and you know, Krista, you mentioned this already. Um, Christopher is more towards the front of the pack. You're more in the middle of the pack. And I'm curious as to what your your kind of self talk looks like. You know, Krista, I know you said that you didn't really seem to have any low moments, and Christopher, you did. Um, what does it look like for you mentally when you're going through these? Or Krista, what does it look like mentally when you're going like? Well, this is all just going really, really well. Cause I feel like if I was in a race and that happened, I'd be like, something's like, something's about to go wrong. You know, <laughs> like what is happening? Things can't go well. Well, and I mean, of course, it, you know, there are definitely <clears throat> low moments, but I think a big thing for me was I was just happy to be out there and just able to talk to myself. Okay. You can still do this. Yeah. You had a baby. Yeah. Everything's a little bit different, but you're still, still able to do this. You're out here. Enjoy it. Um, and then, of course, I'm wondering about him the whole time, wondering how he's doing. And Yeah. My low moments, I try to smile, like even if there's nothing to smile about. You know, I just literally try to physically smile and try to just be uh, very, like, fortunate and grateful that you're out there. You know, you have a great opportunity. I have like, my, um, you know, my coach is under the, I guess, the happy runner at school of thought. And mm -hmm. so they kind of, you know, push the, you know, embrace the moment, be happy and, you know, show up to the start line happy, healthy, and then run hard. And so, you know, for me, I don't, I don't know. I guess at this point, part of it's the suffering is kind of part of why you sign up for it. You know, you go out there to run hard and, you know, find certain limits and kind of continue on through that. So I, yeah, I just remember that when it, when it happens, you know, I mean, that's why you're actually doing it. So. I know for me, it's probably after I went through Poncho Ram and I had, I was texting to kind of keep them all in the loop because I had no idea what time to tell them to be at the finish line, but I texted and, um, Chris texted me back and was like, oh, we're heading to the finish line. And that kind of gave me a little, a little boost. Like, okay, they're heading that way. I got to just keep going through this and we'll get to see them all when I get there. 
Yeah, that's a really great answer. And I mean, even um, for folks who aren't from that uh, kind of like happy runner school of thought, right? There's uh, there's evidence in, you know, like the scientific journals. I remember they did a study where they, they got runners on the treadmill and they literally told them to smile and like the RPE goes down. Uh, it not for women in this study, but that was, you know, you can imagine being a woman on a treadmill and you don't know what's happening and a bunch of men in lab coats are telling you to smile. Um, so there's, there's the evidence, the, like the peer reviewed evidence for that. Uh, but one thing I'm curious about is, uh, Krista, when you mentioned, you know, oh, well, I'm thinking about Chris out there, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Does that motivate you knowing that he's also out there at a race or that you're going to see him at the next aid station if he's crewing you at a different race? Oh, I think definitely that's his motivation just, and then I'm just hoping he's, you know, having a good race himself. I know there was a chance that he was going to meet us at, at Concho, Concho around the year or two but, and I figured at that point I was like, okay, I didn't think I'd probably be here at this point. Um, but even just, just knowing that and knowing that he was going to be at the finish line was definitely motivation and just kind of pepped me up a little bit. And knowing that he had finished, obviously, and things were were good on his end. Chris, what about you from the other perspective? Yeah, for me, you know, you're obviously thinking about her the whole time while she's out there. And but I have a she's tough out there. I've, I've watched her a lot of races. I mean, some tough races, and she's very steady, very consistent. So I don't I don't ever worry about her in this in the sense of you know she's going to have a bad race and she's not going to make it through. This. I always have tremendous confidence that she's going to make it through the race, make it through the event. But I'm definitely aware of her being out there and thinking about her. And then, you know, kind of what she mentioned at the end, when I get to those last few miles, I'm definitely running to get to the boys. You know, it's, I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to hurt regardless. Let's just get to the finish line and see the kids and, you know, they'll be happy and, you know, we'll have that accomplished, you know. Um, even going through the finish line, Tucker, our oldest, like ran up and gave me a big hug and it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely adorable. And I kind of want to jump into a similar related topic to this is, you know, kind of having that like lifelong training partner, um, like you both have, what does it look like, you know, in finding balance in your own schedules to, you know, find time to training. And then does it also motivate you in your running, you know, having someone right there the, uh, the entire way. I think one thing that's great is that we both understand each other's need to get out there and run and, I don't think either one of us ever, there's no hesitation when the other's like, Hey, I really got to get a long run in this weekend. I think you're both pretty supportive of each other with that. The coordination gets tough because sometimes we're not spending as much time together or Chris is getting up at four in the morning to head out for runs, you know, before work. So then I can get out after work or on the weekend, if we're both doing a long run the same day or same weekend, it can kind of cut into cut into our time together yeah but it also gives us each you know our own one-on-one time with the boys so you just you know find the best out of it and then you you really engage with them and that one-on-one time you have with them make the best of that and I feel like that if it's one of those things that that running is our outlet you know that that's our our major outlet so once we do that and we're immersed into it and we're everything when we're doing it and engaging it, it makes us better parents and better husband, better wife. Um, and I think it's important to have an outlet, have something that, you know, outside of your career and outside of just raising the family that you can think about and focus on. I think it gives you some balance. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's really great. And I kind of got a, like a two-parter follow-up here, you know, which is, um, uh, kind of, you know, earlier on in the relationship and sort of, uh, before kids, right. Were you two running together a lot? Was it kind of, you know, three or four days a week, or was it only, you know, one or two times a week and you're like, Hey, sometimes I just, I got to go out the door and go be alone for a long run, you know, cause that's just, that's going to give me time to process and I need to not be that way. And now that you do have kids, did that, did knowing, you know, like, Oh, we're not going to have run dates four days a week anymore. Did that factor into the convo about starting a family? And do you ever, you know, schedule, you know, like a, a run date, you know, like, Hey, kids got to go see grandma and grandpa because mom and dad have to go for a long run together. I don't think we've ever been on a run together. No, ever. <laughs> and, well, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for retirement. We'll save the, the running dates for uh, those kids. Oh. No, we like, we, we literally, we met at an aid station at an ultra 
you Ask know, like, and, 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 like and all those cliche things of that nature, but we don't run together enough. We each do our own thing and we each have our own relationship with running, I guess. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I think I've seen you. I mean, we've passed each other yeah, for sure. <laughs> running. <laughs> we've, we've like dropped the, the kids off trail. as grandparents and went to the park and went our separate ways on runs, but no, never, been together. never had a run date. We should do that. Yeah. That's that's a really great answer. And I think I I really appreciate that one too, because you know, there's it even my past relationship, there's like a certain level of pressure around that kind of stuff. And you guys just you were laughing the whole time. So that's that's really great. Um we do have a a chat question from uh Caleb Bowen. He wants to know, you know, how is that hill uh going up from Erskine Aid to uh the Concho Rim there? Just what I mean. I, I kept telling myself, I was like, I just need a change of uh, terrain. This flat terrain is just, I'm running too fast on it. It's wearing me out. And I was wrong. I did yeah. not need that change of pace. It was, it was steep. It was straight up. And, um, but I'll say this, you know, I, I, like I said, I saw a buddy there and that helped my morale. And I, I got through that quicker than I anticipated. I made it out to be a bigger deal than it was. So yeah, but, but gosh, I paid for that the rest of the race. Uh, my last four miles suffered because of that. I'm sure. How about you? Yeah, it was, like you said, I knew that there was going to be some climbing. I'm notorious for not looking at elevation maps because I just like to just go with it. And that's probably not the smartest thing, but it works for me. So I just go with it. Um, But I knew that there was going to be a climb at that point. And it was a little more than I was expecting. But once once I got through it, it was like, okay, I'm glad that was over with. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm personally still having nightmares from that climb during uh, Rim River <laughs> myself. So <laughs> I can't even imagine during a 50K when you're trying to like, you know, go super quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know how like when puppies sleep, they'll like, their legs twitch and stuff and they kind of like start to bark when Wesley takes naps on the couch he he does that i've noticed <laughs> it, it's, because of going, River. it's it's because yeah. of that climb <laughs> so so i guess take us into like the, what the final couple of miles of this race looked like for you both um you know kind of the emotions of of the day you know realizing what what you were going to accomplish in just a few moments time uh and then what the finish line kind of was like for both of you and Christopher if you want to start off with this one yeah, I was just um, looking forward to being done at that point, to be honest. I was looking forward to seeing the boys. And I was kind of, you know, always like, I hope they're there, hope they're at the finish. And um, not really knowing exactly when I was going to pop out, I kind of always lied to myself at the end of the race. It's like, oh, you know, it'll probably be, you know, 32 and a half or something like that. So once I started coming down that road and I saw it, I, was, I think I was a little bit surprised at that point. And then I tried to, you know, pick it up a little bit and and uh, definitely feeling, you know, happy with where my fitness is at this point in the uh, calendar. Uh, definitely happy to get it done. Uh, felt really gratified with kind of the course and the scenery and um, really what the event had to offer. Um, so yeah, I was, I was pretty psyched there coming through the end. Ace, about you? Um, yeah. You know, that, that last bit, I just, I was kind of happy, like, okay. And I kind of said it before, but okay, I can still do this. I've still got this. Um, I was feeling better than I was expecting to because my training really, I hadn't gotten the training in that I'd really hoped to. So I was just, just happy with how it was going. And I knew that Chris and the boys would be there at the finish and just excited to be there. Excited to see some, some friends at the finish line too, that we hadn't really seen in a while, got to visit a little bit, just that, that social aspect of being out there. Yeah, no, I, I love that you kind of touched on that social aspect and that community aspect of the race because obviously, um, you know, it's such a special part of, um, you know, what they're building down there. So it's super cool that uh, you guys felt that. Um, kind of one thing I kind of want to transition to kind of similar to that is the community that you guys have in your own backyard, um, the Huntington, West Virginia um community itself you know has a lot of stout ultra runners and um i remember uh, chris you talked to me about it in mohican last year and we were sharing some miles together um just about you know everything that kind of goes on there and how special it is so i kind of want to just talk about you know what does it look like for someone on the outside looking at who's never been there um and never kind of seen you know maybe performances from other people or whatnot how would you describe it to someone we have a great culture and a great group of runners that we've developed in this area. And I think there's 
Yeah, I think about it a lot. Like, what makes us? I think we're a special running community. I really do, Definitely. and and why in this part of the country, with you know maybe some of the labels that we do have, you know, why are we maybe def- our little community defying odds? And and I think we have a we have a great local running shop that we have one in Huntington, one in Charleston, uh, Roberts Running Shop, and I think you know he himself has been a, a trail runner, ultra runner, and he's excelled at a high level, and I think he kind of laid the groundwork and kind of showed some people that you know what the ultra sport has to offer you know it's kind of how contagious to, it's contagious yeah and he, he runs it hard and i think that you know a lot of us that like alex minor and dan green and caleb bowen and holly ann you know they run hard they run these races and that's how robert approaches sport and um i think that's one critical aspect i think another aspect is we have an ultra in our backyard um the canal trace 50k uh, 25k and 10k it, it takes place here and right in a local community it's not a destination uh, race as much as like maybe cabin fever is in which uh, you're getting a lot of people from outside the area traveling to you do get that it can all trace but you also get a lot of people from right along the area where the races ran and then you also get people you know volunteering at the aid station and becoming immersed in the community in some way and the next thing you know they're popping in the 10k or the 25k and like she said, it's contagious and, and then it spreads from there and they're, they're running other WVMTR races and other local trail races and they come back for the 50K. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we have some of the groundwork laid in that way. And then it's, it's, it's spread. You know, we have Roman Run Company that is taking place in our backyard. Uh, they're all local West Virginia guys right in this area. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think that's definitely part of it in my mind. But Yeah, I think a lot of it. I mean, even you know, you go out to Barbersville Park to go, go for a run and you're seeing, seeing a lot of those, those same faces that, that you're seeing when you go in, in Roberts or that you're seeing when you go to Canal Trace. So, um, and, and I'll say this, I think everyone is genuinely very supportive of each other. Like even you might not always get to share miles with certain people, but, you know, we have a group chat on uh, Instagram. I think either Caleb or Ryan Rams, one of the two, they started it. And um, everyone's always showing love anytime it's somebody's turn to race. And I think the support and the love that people are showing, it feels genuine. I think it is. And I think that goes a long way. Um, you know, we're, we're willing to line up and want to, you know, race and have fun. But, you know, like I said, there's obviously a good percentage of us that want to line up and race hard, too. And uh I, I think it's contagious yeah and there's definitely with that community there's always I feel like it's easy to find people to run with to people to get some miles in with I know you're doing a lot uh, since the boys have been born I'm not doing as much of that but I used to always you know you could always find a group you could always I mean oh I want to get 20 miles in this weekend on Saturday I mean you can always find somebody and, and to you can, join you and you can always find somebody to motivate you everyone's always working towards a race everyone's always working towards a goal you know trying to do something new and um I think that's motivating if you get into a rut you get into a you know a point in your training where you're you don't have something on the calendar per se you know you're still seeing these other people that are getting out and having fun and uh, makes you want to yeah, no, I absolutely love that answer and I appreciate you guys for both diving deep on that topic. Kind of one thing I want to kind of dive deeper into though, and you guys kind of mentioned it, is the Canal Trace and, you know, that impact that it's had on both of your running careers. Talk a little bit about that and what your involvement is in the race currently. So, yeah, this will be the first year we'll be part of the race committee mm-hmm. um, for Canal Trace. Corey Richardson uh, started the race. And uh, with the help of Danny and Joey Jarvis, they've kept, I'm, I'm not even sure that how many years it's been going now, but then this year they've handed off to Bob Luther, who'll be the race director. And he's put together a committee um, full of essentially a bunch of ultra runners with a lot of, a lot of experience, whether it's Western States, UTMB, the local East coast races, everyone on that race committee, or most people on that race committee have a lot of ultra experience and the people that maybe don't have specific ultra experience they have experience with the trail and maintenance and um and they've been involved with the race for a number of years so he's bob's really put together a great group um we're gonna we have the race has been um associated with robert's running shop and uh the roman run company for a couple years and that relationship will continue and uh we're really excited about kind of putting our own little stamp on the race and uh keeping a great race going it's um the course itself is a classic Appalachian ultra. 
It's got beautiful single track, a little bit of double track, some fast gravel miles, just kind of what you would expect when you go to, you know, West Virginia, Virginia, you know, one of these races in this area. And, um, you know, it's really unique to, you know, I, I, I kind of thought about some comparables for it and it's a pretty unique race, and, um, but it's a great ultra, great 50K race and a 25K, a very challenging 25K course, uh, has a lot to offer. And uh, camping right on the Boy Scout, it's a, it, it finishes at the Boy Scout camp. They shuttle you to the start, whether you're doing the 50K or the 25K. And uh, we have camping right there. So if people want to show up, have camping, we'll have the pre-race meeting Friday, giveaways and uh, some fun stuff. So. I know for me, just it was my first 50K that I did. So my first ultra was Pinatre. So it's always kind of holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely agree. It's always, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those kind of first races are always uh, really special to kind of go back to and see um, see what's changed. But um, one thing I'm curious about when it comes to a Canaut race is how does it kind of feel now in terms of sort of like looking at, I guess, and career is a strange word to use for it because definitely doesn't feel like a career to me personally, but, you know, like your career as ultra runners to, you know, you've, started here and now you're on the board of this race you know what does this uh mean to you to emotionally to be essentially like a part of the leadership that's going to keep this race going and keep growing this community and showing what this community has to offer i think definitely like your heart's in it more when you've got those special ties to it um and i know for you even it's literally in your backyard of where you yeah. grew up yeah no it's special it kind of you know validates the relationship we have with the running community locally, you know, that, you know, we're valued enough to be asked to come on the board and um, help put our, you know, help keep this race going, keep it sustainable, um, grow, grow it as much as we can, but it really validates that relationship we've had with the running community and the, you know, maybe the time we put into it and, um, you know, the time we're going to continue to put into it in this race. No, but it's, it's really special race for both of us. I mean, it's a, a random, a handful of times yeah i think i was gonna say that we've both run it multiple times probably run it less now um, <laughs> i'm not the board but but so i feel like we know it pretty well too yeah, yeah. and i like to through so the canal trace is a it's a, a trail that was originally built i think it was built by the boy scouts themselves and it's a point-to-point -point trail you know markers throughout really well marked so you can hop on it at any time and and get a great run you know if we ever need a 30 mile training run that's what we do we'll hop on that and try to run it point to point shuttle cars and um get your butt whipped you know on a, on a great great course and uh so i love love the course itself but the race is special too well we're super glad that you guys are a part of the board now for that race you know the passion you guys you know have showed uh is only going to take the race to the next step and the higher level so we're excited to kind of continue to see the race grow and um through through your guys leadership so we're excited for that um, kind of going into the future now, kind of talking about, you know, what's up next for both of you. What races do you guys have next on the calendar for, for the rest of the year? And what are your, some of your big goals when you look towards the future? You got, you got the next big one. <laughs> so yeah, I got Hellbender 100 in May. Um, so yeah, I'm really super excited about that. Um, probably the most I've thought about a specific race, you know, as far as, you know, looking into the logistics of it and the actual course and, um, I'm getting really excited about it. I got less than 10 weeks to go. So really about to step up the mileage and really step up the elevation gain in my runs. Um, it's got 22,000 feet of vert, I think, and uh, more elevation loss than gain uh, going through right outside of Asheville, North Carolina. Um, so really excited to do that. Uh, my fall calendar is kind of up in the air right now. I uh, have a hundred on the schedule right now, but it's going to be three weeks. Well, I'll let you go. <laughs> well, I'm um, I'm planning on doing Rim to River, so that's kind of where where my focus is right now. I've got um, Highland Sky in June, so I'll have that in between. But as far as like my big one coming up will be will be Rim to River, and that'll be my first hundred or my first attempt at a hundred. So um, up until this point, um, I've done I've done West Virginia Trilogy, but that's kind of my my furthest yeah, the trilogy is a three-day event 50k on friday 50 miler on saturday and a half marathon on sunday so 90 some odd miles over days. the course of three days so um, and she got third 
place with that one. Right? Yes, yeah, that was a good, good. And that's honestly, if I don't do a hundred miler in the fall, I would like to do the trilogy event instead. Mm -hmm. And I think his his up in the air in the fall is because we're deciding if he's gonna. I don't think I'll have he's time. He's gonna pace to, uh, me at Rim to River. Yeah, and then the mm -hmm. schedule will get a little. You know, it's pretty busy, both of us having hundred milers three weeks apart. We might actually get that run together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got to say, Krista, yeah, we we know from experience, you know, Wesley knows Rim to River is a great 100-miler to run, and I know it's a great 100-miler to uh, to attempt. So <laughs> You better come back. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, it's, it's on the calendar eventually. I don't know what year it ends in. It's 2020-something, <laughs> and I, I will be back. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Go for it, Krista. I'm excited to be um, at his next 100 miler because I obviously wasn't there at Mohican. So I'll be excited to be there and help crew him and kind of get to see all those highs and lows. Yeah, I think there's going to be some lows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, excited. I'm really excited about it. No, I, I think it's it's a hellbender should be a should be a breeze for you with the the races that you've done and you know the accomplishments that you have, Chris. Oh, thanks. I, rem I remember that about 78. <laughs> <laughs> just, just play the clip back in your head and I'm yeah, sure we'll get yeah, you yeah. whatever you need. We'll, we'll <laughs> clip it and put just that on Spotify for you and you can play yeah. it on, like in your headphones. Yeah. yeah, I think that'll do it. That'll do it. Cam, what do you got here? Yeah, so I think it's about time to uh, launch into our quick questions that we usually do to uh, end the show here. Um, and the very first one, you know, this isn't um, one that we scripted, but you mentioned it earlier, and I just got to know, um, you say you met at an aid station at a race. What race did you meet at, and what aid station was it? Um, it was Frozen Sasquatch in Kanawha State Forest, and I was actually getting ready to sweep the course, and he was Yeah, I was working aid. Working aid stations, and it's... Um, a two-loop course so i was waiting to start start sweeping and just kind of hanging out at the aid station yeah and i was at the start finish aid Talking station this guy. it was the great aid station i didn't even have to hike into um but no yeah it was it was a in a canal state yeah canal state forest in charleston west virginia yeah 50k and 25k it's the first saturday in january it's part of the wvmtr races and uh yeah. It was nice and snowy. And yeah. And then we, yeah, that was, then we were friends for a couple more years. Yeah. It took a couple of years before. <laughs> yeah. You know, thanks for Yeah. Yeah. Well, as uh, it's two single guys, I'm adding that to the calendar right now for, uh, for me and Wesley, we're going to go volunteer there next year. Uh, <laughs> I think I might have. Lightning in the bottle there, but <laughs> I don't think it's like I, I, I would recommend like getting it. It might work. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so uh, then, what's one thing that you can't leave an aid station without? At Cabin Fever, it was those cheese quesadillas. It was chilly out there. I grab those quesadillas. I'd eat one and. Throw another one in my pocket. And keep going. For any aid station, it's calories. Like I figure, you can get through most most things if you just have some calories. And you can be cold and too hot, or you know, you can have some chafing, you have some blisters. You can get through all that if you have calories in you. But when things get deep in a race, I I'd always take a good swig of some Coca Cola at an aid station. Get that sugar rush. Get me at least away from that aid station before I do anything stupid. And. Um, <laughs> But yeah, calories is just what I gotta have always. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of I'm with you there, and you know, I recently found out that Cam's actually a Mountain Dew guy at Aid Station. He actually doesn't go for the Coke, which I think is a very controversial decision. Um, so. uh, you know what? I would, I would go for the Coke. I'm actually a Pepsi guy, which I thought that was controversial. So, so what? So, yeah. Oh, oh wow. wow. This Mountain Dew. This is kind of mind blowing. <laughs> I didn't know you could go for that much sugar. You know. <laughs> Uh, actually, Wesley's misunderstanding uh, what my statement was. I was talking about a uh, Mountain Dew's endemic sort of nature in my my hometown in Eastern Ohio. But I do want to point out that this guy has had Pepsi brought to him at aid stations because they were only going to have Coca Cola on the course. It was like my first fifty k ever. I did bring my own Pepsi just because I prefer drinking that and didn't want to mess things up on race day. Now I can. Sweet tea in a drop bag before, so I'd have that. 
Oh, man. Awesome. Maybe they should let y'all run an aid station at that race next year. Probably, yeah. All right. And what is your um, your weirdest mid-race hallucination or, you know, the strangest thing you've seen somebody eat at an aid station? I know this guy who he, he eats fish before every race. He even at Cabin Fever was telling me, like, yeah, I ate some cold fish on, on my way, way to the race today. I don't know if he brings any with him to eat at the aid stations or not. Do you? Do you know what kind of fish? Oh man, I have no idea. I didn't ask. I have to let it go with that. <laughs> okay, I'm because I'm I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, if he got like you know he went ice fishing and he got some perch or something, I'm like that's reasonable. But like if he's just like cranked open a can of tuna in the car, I'm <laughs> I'm worried about him a little bit, buddy. Are you okay? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've never hallucinated during a race. Um, I've definitely like seen some, you know, maybe like minor things that weren't probably there but i'm, I'm gonna chalk it up to like blurry contacts or something but uh and we're just saying i think it's odd when people drink liquor at races i think i don't know like i'm just sitting there in like a different mentality at that point when people are sitting there taking back shots yeah that that kind of blows my mind but um and i'm probably on yeah yeah no <laughs> but yeah that that blows my mind so no hallucinations nothing too particularly odd Mm-hmm. Well, that is that is good to know. I've been trying to sell some uh, some people on the Warhammer races because they had they had Angels Envy at the aid station. They were offering that to me at mile eleven, which is way too early to give a guy bourbon <laughs> yeah. in a race, even if it is Tennessee. Um, but apparently, that's not going to work on you, Chris. Um, yeah. No, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, what ball sport do you think that you could beat uh, most other ultra marathon runners in? I'm going to go basketball despite despite a uh, hiatus from it for a while, but I used to play a lot of basketball when I was younger, you know, traveling teams and stuff. So I'll go with that. I'm going to say kickball. I play on a kickball league here in Huntington. So I feel like I, I, I would hope, you know, yeah, my team's like team. undefeated in our league. So team bag tag is pretty badass. So. <laughs> We need to have a total side conversation and an additional podcast about that because I want to get into the <laughs> world and this this summer. I think it's going to kind of like what the next uh, adventure is going to be. Um, talk about, you know, what is the mentality like when you're, you know, stepping up to home plate on the kickball and, you know, massive Saturday afternoon game with a ton of people watching? <laughs> hey, I mean, it's blast. We used to go to Vegas every year for like, the yeah, championships and stuff. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. <laughs> Recess sport uh, mm-hmm. taken to the next level. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I am not gonna beat anybody at either of those, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm glad y'all are out there. Uh, and so um, for those of you, I'm if you're listening to the show and you're still here, you've probably heard this one before, but you know, we've got a, a Spotify playlist of all the songs that we get answers to, uh, for these questions. And if you're looking to have just not a terrible time, but definitely not a great time on your next run, if you're a music person, uh, just turn this one on, you can find it on my Spotify. But, uh, if ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball, what would yours be? You like break my stride. That song from the eighties. I can't, tell, I don't know who sang it. Okay, I I know what song you're talking about. You know what song I'm talking about. I'm gonna go. I do. Uh, into yeah. the Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. Ooh. Those are two two different answers, but you know, two <laughs> welcome additions uh, to this playlist. I'm excited to add them on there. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I, I had an MGK situ- conversation with someone a couple a little a couple few weeks back, and they didn't know who he was when I said that. And I was like, "Oh, what, what do you mean?" And I just say like, you know, Machine Gun Kelly, and then they knew who he was. But it, that little nickname for the Cleveland rapper didn't make his way all the way out to uh, Montana, unfortunately. So we got to start repping the oh, brand more out here. Yeah, he's from your neck of the woods. No, man, Machine Gun Kelly, he's huge. How do you not know him? <laughs> Big questions I was asking. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Love that answer. All right. And so uh, this is, you know, my personal favorite question to always ask, uh, but it's, you know, if you could run with one person in the history of the world, even if they aren't a runner, we're going to assume they're, they're keeping your pace. You're going to have a nice conversational long run with them. Who would it be and why? I'll go with my dad's dad. He uh, had a stroke when I was relatively young, so didn't really get to 
you know, have as much meaningful, you know, time and conversations and kind of understand his motives and, you know, drives in life. Uh, yeah, we we'll go with him. Yeah, I was thinking kind of a little more lighter than that. I might go with Chris Simmons just because, like I've said a bunch of times, we don't ever get to run together. So it might be kind of fun to be out there side by side running together. <laughs> Much better answer than that. Oh, I think they're both good answers, but you know, second one, I did say awe. Uh, so yeah, uh, we want to thank y'all just so much for coming on the show and, uh, sharing with us. We were super appreciative and it was just such a wonderful time. Uh, right now, you know, the floor is yours. Um, if you have any sponsors or social media or anything you want to plug, uh, now's your chance. Um, shout out to Huntington running scene, Robert's running shop, uh, Roman run. And then, um, you know, if you're looking for a race, uh, August 6th, I believe, the first Saturday in August, come check um, out Tenaltre 50K, 25K, and 10K. Uh, we should have something for everyone. It'll be a great race. It really will. You won't be disappointed. Um, you'll get some sweet swag. We'll have some good giveaways, and um, we'll have some pre-race festivities, uh, some camping. So, so come check it out. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, the race is on Ultra Sign Up. Yeah, that's my plug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you're uh, you're listening to this later on the podcast versions, Kana is spelled K A N A W H A. Um, just why I was pronouncing Kanawa, um, and had to be corrected when the show started, and uh, lost all of my cred in uh, West Virginia. I think on that one, but you know that's okay because uh, you should definitely get out there and run that race. It seems like just a wonderful time, you know, um, and maybe the. Uh, the uh, frozen Sasquatch race as well, you know, get out there and find love like Wesley and I are going to next year. Um, but yeah, we want to thank you guys again so much for coming on tonight and thank you. If you uh, listen to the show, if you were in the live chat, we really appreciate you tuning into all this stuff that we're doing. Um, if you've made it this far, make sure to like subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple podcasts or whatever later, we love you too. Um, but with that, uh, good night and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava club so you can get mentioned in the Strava rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, version of our nation. Mm -hmm.